Have you ever watched a team member do something insightful or helpful or creative and then you ask them, you know, why haven't you shared that with the rest of the team or anyone else? Hey, it's David, and you're listening to Leadership Without Losing Your Soul, your source for practical leadership inspiration, tools, and strategies you can use to achieve transformational results without sacrificing your humanity or your mind in the process. Appreciate you being here today, and this is a question that uh, I was asked just again uh, recently in a group I was with and has come up many different ways as people interact with courageous cultures. So if you're not familiar already, courageous cultures, how to build teams of micro-innovators, problem solvers, and customer advocates, uh, our latest book. But the answer to this question, you know, if you've ever watched a team member do something insightful, helpful, creative, and, and I said, you know, why haven't you shared that? Quite often, you will hear something like, gosh, I, I guess I haven't shared it because no one ever asked. But let's be real. We work with many leaders who ask for ideas, but also don't get the insights that they want from those situations. And so what do we do about that? How do we unlock our team's best thinking? Well, it starts by recognizing why people stay silent. Uh, they're not being stubborn, typically. Uh, it's safe silence. And it comes from a couple of psychological places, right? One is that we tend to discount the benefit that can accrue from a contribution we might make, um, or we fear the ramifications, the consequences of speaking up, or maybe you had a bad experience in the past. And, and so people have a default, not every person, but many people have a default to being quiet and keeping those ideas to themselves, or they just put their head down and do their work, you know? So as a leader, how do you draw out team's best thinking? How do you overcome that safe silence? Well, it takes more than a generic, all right, hey, listen, I'm open to ideas or, you know, I'd love to hear your thoughts on how we can improve because your team has questions of their own. They're wondering if you really want to hear what they have to say. They're wondering, is it safe to share a critical view or a perspective that's different from yours? They're wondering, are you humble enough to hear their feedback? And are you confident and competent enough to do something with what you hear? And if your team's had experiences with leaders who didn't really want input, you know, mixed in with all those concerns, that leads people to safe silence. So if you want to free their best ideas and unlock their best thinking from that prison of safety, you need to address those concerns. So how do you do that? Well, one of the best ways to create safety and draw out your team's best thinking is with what we call courageous questions. So courageous questions will unlock your team's best thinking because they're different from a generic, how can we be better question in a couple of ways. First is that they're specific. They focus on a specific activity, behavior, or outcome. So for example, instead of asking, how can we improve? You might ask, what's the number one frustration of our largest customer? What's your analysis? What would happen if we solved this? How can we solve it? When you're specific, that helps people to think more creatively. Here's an example. If I were to say, hey, right now, uh, here's a blank sheet of paper. I want you to write a funny creative story. Unless you happen to be skilled at that and experienced, you're probably going to lock up. You kind of freeze and go, gosh, I, I don't know what to do. But if I were to say, hey, can you write a one-page story about a rabbit who is a magician and has its own top hat, 
but is considering a career change to become a plumber. Well, now you've got something to work with, and now you could write a one-page story that's achievable, it's specific, it's manageable, and there's going to be some creative ideas in there just because of the way your brain works. So first aspect of a courageous question, it's got to be specific. Next, a courageous question creates powerful vulnerability. When you ask any of these kinds of questions, you are implicitly saying, listen, I know I'm not perfect. I know I can improve. Or I know that we can be better. I know the processes can improve. I know that its improvement is possible. And that's a strong message if you sincerely mean it. You're sending the message that you're growing, that you want to improve. And that, in turn, gives your team permission to grow and to be in process themselves. It also makes it safe for them to share real feedback. So when you say, what's the greatest obstacle? You acknowledge that there could be an obstacle and that you want to hear about it. Now, the final aspect of a courageous question is that it requires you to listen without defensiveness. And this is where well-intentioned leaders often get in trouble, and I know that I have done it myself. You ask a good question, but you're not prepared to hear the feedback that makes you uncomfortable or, you know, stains your pet project. So don't ask questions you don't want answers for. Asking for feedback and ignoring it is worse than not asking at all. When you do ask a courageous question, commit to allowing yourself to take in the feedback. Take notes. Thank everyone or the person for taking the time and having the confidence to share their perspective. And with many courageous questions, you're going to get conflicting perspectives. You'll get different ideas on on the solution, and that's okay. It's healthy. And then let the team know how you or they will decide going forward. Who's going to own the decision? How are you going to use that, that information? You don't need to respond to it right away. You can take time to process it and let them know how you'll be responding and when. As you start using courageous questions to unlock your team's best thinking, it's going to take time. The first time you ask, people will probably be tentative if they don't have any experience with this before. Remember, they're wondering if you really mean it, if they can trust you. And the more that you respond well, the less guarded they're going to be. So as you're thinking about using courageous questions and trying to unlock and get access to your team's best thinking, here are some some ideas to get you started, some different examples of courageous questions. What's the problem we have that no one talks about? What do we do that really annoys our customers? What's the greatest obstacle to your productivity? What must I do as a leader if we're to be successful? What do you think we could do differently next time to help this project or this person succeed? All right, we're getting ready to start this conversion. What recommendations do you have before we start? What are you most afraid of with this program or project or process? What concerns you most? What's the biggest source of conflict you're having working with XYZ department? How might we be contributing to that issue? What's sabotaging our success? Once you've tried asking a few of these questions and you've got genuine dialogue going around the answers, it can also work well to give your team members each an index card or you know, if you're doing this remotely, you can use private chat and ask them to come up with a courageous question of their own 
for the group. And then you can start each staff meeting or your team huddle with one or two of those questions and continue the process of open dialogue. Now, speaking of questions, today I got a great question. I actually got it last night. I was talking with a group of leaders in Ontario, Canada, and one of them asked a a great question about the next step in this process. And so I wanted to address that. Hey, this is Nora, and I have a question. Hi, David. My name is Jamie, and I'm calling in from Maine. My question is about... Hey, David. This is Julian from Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia. This is John from Colorado Springs. This is Johan White from Kingston. I have a question for you. This is Cynthia from Baltimore. Hi, David. This is Susan from New Jersey, and my question is... Hi, David. This is Dean from Denver. I would love your advice on this. All right, before I get to the question... I would love to answer your question, so you can send it to me one of two ways, david.die at letsgrowleaders.com or go to leadershipwithoutlosingyoursoul.com, the website for this podcast, and you can click a big orange button there and record your question. So today's question comes from Lisa in Ontario, Canada, and Lisa was asking, when is the right time to respond to an idea I hear. Do I wait for implementation? When? When do I respond? And I love that question because it, A, assumes response is necessary, and absolutely we've got to respond to what we're hearing. If we want to get more, you got to encourage and celebrate what you want more of. And that is the kernel of the answer here of when to respond. So it depends on what you want more of. If you want more contribution, respond and encourage when people contribute. You don't need to wait until an idea is used and implemented and proven successful. And if you do that and only that, by the way, you are just telling people all you want are guaranteed successes. You don't want any creative or potentially risky or ideas that might not work. You only want guaranteed successes and that's all you'll get. And then people aren't going to take risks in their thinking. So the alternative is what we call respond with regard. So when people contribute an idea, when they speak up and share or identify an issue, to thank them. Start with gratitude. Thank you so much for thinking about how we can improve, how we can be better. Then go to information, and this is where you're going to add information to the conversation depending on what they suggested. If they suggested an idea that's already in use, this is where we let them know, hey, your idea is so good, it's already being used. Here's where you can learn more. If their idea isn't ready for prime time yet and needs more information or it needs to cook up a little bit better, what strategic information can you give them to help them think more deeply? If you can't use their idea, this is where you would share that and the reason why. Hey, listen, we are working on customer acquisition right now. This is a great retention strategy. And when we really focus on that, let's come back to this idea then. But right now, we're focused on uh, the acquisition strategies, and that's where we're putting all the additional resources. And then the third step is invitation. So we start with gratitude, add information, and then invitation. And this is an invitation to continue contributing, to continue thinking. And so no matter what you got, hey, listen, thank you for thinking about how we can improve. You give them the extra information they need, and then you invite them to continue. Hey, I'd love to get your thoughts on XYZ. Wherever it was you were asking a courageous question earlier, wherever you most need a great idea. You can keep that cycle going of asking specifically and vulnerably, responding with regard. I can guarantee that over time, you're going to build a culture in your team, your organization, or your business where people are consistently raising their hand, 
contributing on behalf of the customer on the employee experience, improving processes as efficiencies, and making your business better. And being the leader you'd want your boss to be. Until next time. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.